This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So Mike, Shalom Aleichem, everybody. Um, I want to thank Rosh Hashiva for inviting me to say a few words. My father's yard site is tonight. So this year is Le'ili Nishmas of Yitzchak, Menachov And I'm going to talk a little bit about him. And I want to send everybody regards for my son-in-law, Srili. One of these days, I'll, one of these days, I'll get him. I'll get him to join me on one of my trips. He's so busy learning, I can't get him out of there. Right okay. So, as you can see, but maybe you can't see. I have a little tan, a little bit of a tan. Um, it's okay that you didn't compliment me on the way in. It's all right. It doesn't bother me. Um, so I was in Florida two weeks ago. Um, I actually went to give a shear on a Wednesday night in the Young Israel at Bell Harbor. But I happened to have gone for a week because I had to give a shear ready anyway. So I ended up staying there. And the, I get calls from Cleveland and Minnesota and Chicago. Could you come give a shear? And I'm like, no, I'm too busy. But when Miami calls me, I'm not busy. So, so I was standing by the ocean at sunrise. And sunrise is an unbelievable, every, I think every boy here, I think Yeshiva should take a trip. And seriously, I'm not saying it as a joke. You should, you should watch together how HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings the world from darkness into light. It is, it is one of the most beautiful things. It happens every single day. Sometimes it's cloudy, but sunrise and sunset happens every single day. And you might think, Rabbi Wallace, Wallace, we're sitting and learning. What are you telling us to go watch a sunrise? I mean, that's ridiculous. So I want to tell you about the first sunrise that ever happened. Okay? So, Adam was created right before Shabbos. Right before Shabbos, he ate from the Eitz Adas. Right after he ate from the Eitz Adas, the sun was already setting. He thought, says the Medrash, that he destroyed the world. He did a chait. The world's being destroyed. And when, when it goes into total darkness, there's not going to be anything left. So a whole night, Friday night, he davened to Hashem to be forgiven. And the first sunrise that a human being ever saw, Shabbos morning. He was created on the sixth day. Can you imagine? Adam thought he destroyed the world. Can you imagine when the first rays of the sun hit the earth? And he saw that nothing was destroyed. He wrote, Mizmoshir, the Yom HaShabbos, that morning at sunrise. That is the Shira that Klai Yisrael will sing when Mashiach comes, it says. Mizmoshir, Yom HaShabbos. Because going through the Gaulas and all the sins that we have done, and we thought that maybe we're destroying the world, in the end, when the Mashiach comes, the hope, and the forgiveness that Adam felt when those first rays of sun hit the earth will be the same feeling that Kali Yisrael will have when they see Moshiach. And therefore, the sunrise, which brought Mizmashilya Mashabis, gives the person the hope that no matter how much darkness you're in, there'll always be a sunrise. And even if it's cloudy, we understand it's no longer night. The world is light. You can see what's going on. It's not dark anymore. So there's a lot to a sunrise. And I don't get to see the sunrise in New York very often. In fact, I don't think anyone gets to see sunrise in New York very often. There's a lot of buildings in the way. So I decided, well, seeking is not that early. We go to the beach and watch the waves. So... I want to talk to you today about waves. Not ways, but waves. I counted the time between each wave that hit the beach. Who knows that? Six seconds, right? Six seconds. Not eight, not four. Every six seconds, it's no that you stand there. There's no battery. Electricity, what is making the what's making these waves? 
What's going? Why did Hashem make waves? God doesn't do anything for no reason. So I'm a thinker, even when I'm in Miami, I'm still a thinker. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out. Now it's working. Oh, whoa! Feedback. Sorry about that. Worked for a second ago. Technology. Who needs it? I do. I do. Okay. We're good. You're so good at this. Put it in the pocket. Oh, okay, you gotta lower it a little. All right, working. Okay. So anyway, why does Hashem make waves? Anyone here know? What do we need waves for? So there is a zaya. There's a zaya about everything, but there's a zaya. There's a zaya lower about. Waves. Listen to this. Isaiah says that every wave has a malach. Every blade of grass has a malach. Every grain of sand has a malach. And every wave has a malach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. I don't want to get any of you guys in Medrash in trouble because I asked this in every, in every yeshiva. You okay? Get hit by a wave. Is he all right? Okay, so I ask this in every yeshiva and, and a lot of the bezakos that I and and everybody gets it wrong. So I think I'm just going to give you the answer because yeshiva is going to turn around and be upset if he sees that the guys get it wrong. So I'm going to help you out. What day was water created? Anyone know? Before my superacious. Thank you very much. You go back, you go back to Chumash, you go back to Chumash in Bereshis, right? It says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, Kodesh Baruch Hu's spirit, Marachefes Hamayim. this is before creation, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's spirit was hovering over the water. So that means that the water was there. So most people say the second day or the third day, wrong. Water was created, water was here before the world. When it came here, how it came here, if it wasn't in creation. So this Zoya, 22,000 worlds, we're, forget, we're, not going, we're not going there. But it was here. And what day was earth created? Earth, sand. Also was created before the world. Because Baruch Hu separated the water from the land. But it doesn't say anywhere that he created the land. So both water and land, there was an ocean, and the bottom of the ocean is land was here before the world was created, pre-world. Then Hashem created the world, He separated the water from the land, then He separated the water from the water. There's a lot of separation anxiety going on. The whole world was created. A lot of separation. So, the Malachim want the world to be before creation. Because after creation, we did a chait. They want to get the water from the ocean to cover the world, and bring it back to its original stature. So every wave, can you imagine? Every wave, says Isaiah, comes to destroy the world. And if you ever stand by the ocean, sometimes they mamish look angry. When I was in Florida, it was like very windy and it was very cold, whatever it was, and you look at the waves like, foom, foom, like you're like, calm down, man, like relax, right? The waves are like coming in really hard. And then you have sometimes, after the wave went to therapy and took some stuff, sometimes you have calm water. But usually not calm water. Everything in the Bria has the same thing. So, yeah, the boat, you know, one of those boats that the therapist is talking to the ocean, it's just quiet down, whatever. So, I'm kidding. Don't tell you, I'm not, I'm not serious. So, the angry wave says, I'm going in there. And I'm bringing back the world the way it was. I'm covering the earth, says Isaiah. The water wants to take over the world. But the Malach hits the beach, right? And the sand pushes it back. So he says, why doesn't the Malach that gets pushed back tell the Malach that is coming, it's not happening. You're a wave. There's a beach. You're wasting your time. We're not going to be able to cover the world. 
Right? You should tell him. He's a malach. Tell the other malach. So the Zayar, then he does tell him. He says, you're wasting your time. I tried. There's a beach. And you're not going to get over the beach. Says the malach that's coming into the beach. To the malach who's going back into the ocean. Just because you weren't able doesn't mean, doesn't mean I am not able. So every six seconds, a wave comes to take over the world, and every six seconds, a wave that was told, forget about it, give it up, you don't got what it takes, says, just because you don't got what it takes, doesn't mean I don't got what it takes. I spoke in yeshiva this morning, and they are, they are cell phone, they are iPhone free. No one has an iPhone in that yeshiva. Yeah. Which, which I'm sure, which I'm sure this yeshiva, no one has an iPhone either. I, I'm not even, I'm not even suspected. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about. You don't even know what an iPhone is. Okay, all right. So the biggest challenge, these guys were challenged by the Rosh Hashiva that for the next year, when they go back to Pesach, whatever it is, for the next year, they leave their phone in Yeshiva, and they do not have a smartphone, even in America. And it was a very big challenge, and they're paying them $500 um, each guy to give up his phone, and they're going to, they're going to sell the phone, they're going to sell the phone, right, and give the kid back the money. And I got up to close the deal that they should be able to do this, right? And the biggest problem that the boys had was, you know what, we're in Yeshiva right now, we don't have a cell phone, and we got back our life, and we have time, and it's mamish unbelievable. You know, I don't talk about the schmutz and the garbage that's on that piece of metal, right, that has no life, that you give so much life to. It has no, no feelings, it doesn't care about you. It's not going to stand up in front of Hashem after 120 and defend you. It's just going to persecute you. It's going to show God every single thing you ever looked on that phone. It's going to be the witness that's going to take most of us down. It's going to show every dirty movie. It's going to show every girl you spoke to. It's going to show all the time that you wasted. Hashem gave you all the time. They're going to post on the wall that this was your life. And out of that life, 35, 40%, you want WhatsApp and what's new and what's whatever, what's old and whatever's on those phones. It's going to be the biggest biggest katega that exists in your life. It will be the biggest katega. It will say Aedith against you. On the most important thing that, you know what the most important thing a person gives din for? What do you think the most important thing after 120 that you give din for? How you spent your time. Because that's your life. That's your din. Did you waste time? Did you use the time Hashem gave you? Gave you the most unbelievable present? Your din is on how you spent your time. Yom Kippur, your din is on how you spent your time last year. It's amazing that a lot of these guys want to give it up. The problem everyone told me is, we're often in yeshiva, none of us have phones, we're, we're in Eretz Yisrael, we, 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 we're protected. But when you go back to America, all my friends are going to have, they all have iPhones, and I'm going to be sitting in the car, and they're going to say, what are you, a freak? What's wrong with you? What is that flip thing you got in your hand? <laughs> is something wrong with you? What? Someone spoke to you about it? Like, you're a loser. We can't even talk to you on WhatsApp. We're going to go play ball. You're not going to know. We're going to go here. You're not going to know. And the pressure, the pressure of the peer pressure of America, where every single person has two iPhones. Um, not only that, but they have the 10X, which the Meshugam that were so crazy that this guy Apple sold us that if the if the phone is all glass, oh, you got to pay a lot of money for that. Meshugam, what does all glass help you, right? But, so the whole Apple world, right? So so we're so lost, and the problem, the problem, is peer pressure, and most of the problems when we want to make a change, when we're saying like you know I'm not talking to girls anymore, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, I'm not listening to Christian music. The problem is the guy usually could do it, but his friends, his friends, his friends. Why? Because his friends, if they don't get him to fall back, then they have to change. Nobody wants to change, so it's much easier instead of me changing, is making fun of the guy that comes to America and he has a never phone. He has a stupid phone. Smart people have stupid phones, and stupid people have smartphones. It's an interesting world that we have. And I'm not, 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about the Frumkai part and the, and the Shemir Sinayim part. I'm not. Even, I'm, that's not my. It's not. That's not for me. That's not. It's not what I do. I'm talking about what the Goyim are talking about. What everybody's talking about. Life. We have a life anymore. Everybody's walking around like a behemoth. Hashem gave us two feet, right? So we should be able to stand up. Look at the svarim. Why do we have two feet? Animal have four feet, right? The reason is we have two feet, so we should stand upright. So we should always be looking up. When you walk, you're looking up. You should see the rakia. It's blue, which reminds you of Kodesh Baruch Hu's kisei. All kinds of things. That's that's why a human being stands upright. Animal has no connection to Hashem, so he doesn't need to stand upright. But now we don't need to stand upright either, because if you watch people go in the street and watch people, right? Nobody's looking up. Everybody's looking down. So they're not looking up, they're looking down. If you're looking down already, it would be much easier. You had four feet, you could walk much faster. <laughs> so the whole Adam, the whole Adam, the whole Adam is to look, is to look up, is to look at, at, at Shammai. My father's yard my father died, he was 67 years old. He was a very, very young man. But what he did in those 60, 67 years, his Arichas Yavim and his Arichas Shadim, was not normal. I sat in the doctor's office with him when he got the terrible news that he had esophageal cancer. Esophageal cancer is a tough cancer because you can't operate. You can't take someone's esophagus out. So if you got it, you got it. There were two things that happened in that doctor's office. The doctor asked my father, do you drink? Because if you drink a lot, it rips your esophagus and it it could lead to cancer. My father didn't drink at all. So I said, no, I don't drink. He said, you smoke? It's another chasrashon, you guys should just know that. One of the side effects of, of smoking is esophageal cancer. You don't want to watch someone die from that disease. Can't swallow, it's not normal. So my father said, he was in the army, United States Army, and they used to smoke camel, filter with cigarettes and other cigarettes. And when he was like 35 years old, he went to the doctor because he was coughing. And the doctor took an x-ray of his lungs and there was no white. It was all black. His lungs were so black. The doctor said, Mr. Walsh, if you don't stop, you're not going to live much longer. And my father stopped that day. 32 years later, he got cancer. So he asked the doctor, I don't understand. I stopped already for 32 years. Why do I have cancer? And the doctor said, and when you were smoking, even if it's a long time ago, sometimes the cells change and they lay dormant. When you were smoking so heavy, the, the, the cells in your esophagus change and they lay dormant. They don't move. They could not move for 30 years. But you created the cancer cell when you were smoking at 30 years old or at 25 years old. That's why I tell guys, don't smoke and say you're going to stop. Because you don't know, God forbid, when that cell changes because of your smoking. So I just want to warn everyone, I, I don't think anyone here is smoking, but outside of your, your marriage and everything else, you have kids, you have grandchildren. My father, Roshalem, did not see any of his grandchildren's bar mitzvahs. He did not see any of his grandchildren's marriages. He didn't see, Baruch Hashem, my mother has so many great-grandchildren, he never saw them. He missed a chunk in his life where you're already retired and you just get nachas. He missed it. And he said, he said to me, Zechariah, sometimes you pay for the sins of your youth. I'm paying for the sins of my youth. Of course, every, everything's from Shemayim, but if you're going to do something where the thing says, warning, the Surgeon General says, it causes cancer. And you're like, okay. So what? You know, Shem's going to save me. No, Shem's not going to save me. Number one. Number two. So he's, the doctor says, do you want me to be very blunt, Mr. Wallerstein? Sitting next to him. My father says, my whole life, that's what I like. I like blunt. <laughs> guys, guys, behave. <laughs> so, Rabbi, it's an expression for marijuana. It's a, okay. So, so you see, Rabbi Wallerstein knows what's happening, okay? I know what's happening. Anyway, the doctor says to, says to my father, Mr. Wallerstein, I'm really sorry. It's, it's stage four, whatever the stage it was. He says, you have maybe three months. 
Could you imagine a man his whole family, he's got everything, he finished shot seven times, he's a businessman, he's, 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 he lived every second of his life. He would never have a smartphone. He lived every second, his, his family was everything to him and his learning was everything to him. And now a doctor is telling you, your life is over. Unless you have a miracle, you got three months. People would just turn white and, and, and faint and just, just start crying. The father looks at this Goyesha doctor and says, Three months? You guarantee me three months? Doctor says, What do you mean? He goes, You can't even guarantee me five minutes. Who knows how long they're going to live? It would be amazing. This is the best news I ever heard. I'm looking at my father, Mike. You just told me that you guarantee me that for the next three months I'm going to live. That's amazing. The guy's looking at my father. I'm like, You'll never understand him. <laughs> Don't even try. This is reaction to the worst news of his life. You can guarantee me three months? That's amazing. Who can guarantee somebody in this room three days, three hours, three minutes? We don't. Because Baruch runs the world. And I, I, that guy was looking at my... Like he, did, he could not stop. I tried to explain to him. That we as Jews, we look at every second, you know, that way. And you just told my father he has three months. He, he's walking out of here happier than he walked in. <laughs> the guy thought me and my father were two crazy people. He said, okay, um, we're going to sh- we're gonna try to shrink it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do um, radiation. And... Um, so you need to come into the hospital at 10 o'clock every Wednesday, whatever it is in the process. I can't. I have, I have Seder. I, I, I have Seder that I can't come. Can't come. Radiation, I'm learning. I'll come, I'll come after learning. I'll come after learning. And Itaka died three months later. He didn't say one word. He never said complained. He accepted it 100%. When they were giving him the chemo, I was in his room. I was very close to my father. The first time he got chemo, they put it into the port on his shoulder. And I said, Dad, what, 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 what do you think? What's going on in your head? And he says, Mikimi, Mikimi, Mikimi. He starts singing. off a doll. Chemo, 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 whatever. That's what he was singing. He's listening. He's, he's here. It's his yard site. He's on this world right now. I think he was singing. That was my father. But the biggest thing about him was that he was an individual. Nobody, no peer pressure. He didn't care what other people were doing. He was an individual. He had that kayak. And the more you said, well, everyone has an iPhone, how come you don't? He's like, because everyone has an iPhone. I don't want to be like everyone else. The people that are special in this world are the people that are different. Tavadamelech was dancing in front of Arna Kodesh in a way that was never danced by a, by a king. And he was criticized, right? He was criticized by Shaul's daughter. And David Melech said, David Melech was different. He went through pain. He wrote to Hillen. The, the thing that David Melech had, right? People complained to me. Anyone ever said it with the Hillen in it? People complained to me when I spoke one time in public. Thank you, thank you. Oop. Okay, that doesn't matter. I want to read you something so you understand what I'm saying. So I spoke about my gambling. I'm not going to get into it today. No, my father's here. I don't want him to hear what I did. You crazy? I'm quiet today. But anyway, about that whole addiction, the whole thing, whatever it is, not important. So anyway, I got up and I spoke about it. If you want to hear the sheer... Um, it's on Torah Anytime and by the way thank you Torah Anytime they follow me everywhere I was eating breakfast I saw a camera in the window this morning <laughs> guys guys are unbelievable it's like say it's my Torah okay so so anyway I got up and I I'm not scared to say what, what my life was about I'm not I'm not I don't have a problem talking about it so I spoke I, it spoke, it, I spoke on this share for an hour about oh, everything that I went through in, that, in those days and, and I'm sure you guys loved I think I said it here anyway yeah. Yeah. so so a lot of Rabbanim sent me emails and they said, you, we cannot believe you just did that. You belittled yourself in front of your Talmidim. I got, I, got, I got like a lot of negative stuff from that. And how could you tell your Talmidim about this? And now other guys are going to say, okay, I can gamble, then I'll stop, then I'll become my wealthy. Oh, they really... They, <laughs> right, right? That's why you're not supposed to tell your kids everything you did because they're like, oh, I can do the same thing. But anyway, 
So they, they felt very much that the world who listens to Torah anytime who listens to me is like, oh, that's a rabbi I'm listening to his Torah. The guy was a gambler in a, in a casino, and they felt like you really belittled yourself. There's one big issue. I'm not going to say who it was, who really sent me like a, a scathing thing that yeah, that's no one's business, and and I never talked about my stuff. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I asked him. I asked him if he cared to share. He said no. But anyway, so so this was my answer, and I, I actually called him back. This was my answer. This is godless. This is who who, who David. No, not my godless. This is who to understand who David Hamelach was. It, it, it's my share that I give before uh, I give before Shavuos. You have to understand this little boy, this little kid was born different. He was born a redhead with blue eyes. Every one of his brothers was dark with brown eyes. His father, Yishai, separated from his mother because Klai Yisrael still did not accept Moavi below Moavis. And they said that all your children are puzzle. But if you want to make it right, you have to marry a shifcha. By marrying a shifcha, you're going to, make the, you're going to, you're going to clean up the whole situation. Very fascinating about a bracha. We see, if you look at Megillah Thrus, when, when the baby was born, they gave us a bracha that your house, Naomi, your house should be like Rachel Valea. Why did they say Rachel Valea? Why did they say Sarah Berifka? They gave us such a bracha. Because what happened was that this Shifcha, the, the wife of, of Yishai, who never sinned, right? The Gemara says, he never sinned. On such a level, his wife said, I'm going to let him be with the shifcha? Yishai? So she went and paid the shifcha, and they did a switch. But Yishai did not know that it was his wife, because he was marrying the shifcha. <laughs> and the bracha that they gave, that your house should be like Rachel and Leah, came true. It was exactly like the switch of Rachel and Leah that this maid switched. So what happens? She gets pregnant. His wife gets pregnant. But he's separated from his wife as far as he knows and everybody else knows. So how could she get pregnant? So now the rumor is that she was married to him, but he wasn't with her. They were separated. She got pregnant to someone else. The child is a mamza. What does Hashem do? He makes the kid look different than all the other kids. So the little kid's born with a redhead, right? And freckles and, and blue eyes. And it must be the mailman, right? It's not he shy. Nothing, not Yishai. Could you imagine? You can't even imagine. Only this room could imagine. A child that's born, a David HaMelech, who got 70 years from Adam, is born, and everybody thinks he's a mamza. So his father Yishai, who doesn't know what's going, what's going to be, sends this mamza to Beis Lechem, to the desert, and doesn't want him to be in their house. He's the shame of Beis Lechem. It brings down in the Medrash that every time something was stolen in Beis Lechem, they said it's the Mamzer in the desert that stole it. And David HaMelech was such a tzaddik that he would give back the money or the things that were stolen even though he didn't have it. That's what he would do. This is who this child was. This is who David HaMelech was. So he was very, very, very different. And the whole thing with Goliath, which is also, my father was very much like that. He didn't understand how Goliath could get up and rip Klyosro and make fun of Hashem and no one did anything. He could not understand that. Why wouldn't you do anything? Why are you scared of a giant? We have Hashem. Right? We have Hashem. It's like the dwarf, famous dwarf, a dwarf story in Australia. And they have this, they have this crazy thing in the outback where they, in the bars they toss dwarves and they bet on which guy's going to be able to go the furthest. Crazy story. That's what they do. Australia's Australia, guys. Yeah, you guys are good. Right, whatever. Right? You drink enough faster, you start throwing dwarfs. But anyway, so, so there was this dwarf, and he's in the room, and you got all these big Australians in there. And he turns to one of them, he says, I bet, well, I, don't, I don't have your accent, I'll bet you $500 that I could be taller than you in a minute. So this big guy says, $500? You can't be taller than me. He says, yeah, put the $500 down. He puts the $500 down. He jumps onto another guy's shoulders, who was the same height. Now he's taller. 
He didn't say, I'm going to grow taller. He said, I'm going to be taller right now. I'm taller than you because I'm on this guy's shoulder. We are on Hashem's shoulders. You're scared of a giant. You're scared of anything. You're scared of nobody. You're scared of nobody. We are on Hashem's shoulders. He's carrying us, right? He's carrying us. So Dovna Melech, then Shaul says, let's kill him. Then Avshalom says, let's kill him. Everybody wants to kill Dovod HaMelech. Everybody. He has a terrible, terrible, miserable life. And he writes to Hillel. And the Gemara says that you cannot talk about Dovod HaMelech and Bathsheba. It's not for us, the three people you are now allowed to talk about, not for us to understand what went down there. He sent him to the war, right? And then he married her. He sort of murdered her, murdered him. And it's not a very clear story. And therefore the Gemara says, you just stay out of it. You stay out of it. I want to read you Nun Aleph in Tehillim. Ramatech Mizmar Ledavid. Mizmar, it's a song. Not something to be anxious. Not something to be depressed about. When you, got, when you do something wrong, and there's something in your life that you did wrong, you don't need to hide it from anyone. So he calls it a mizmor. He's about to talk about his sin. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to say it, right? With Bathsheba. And he calls it a mizmor because when you're big enough, and strong enough to talk about your stuff, that other people should learn from it, then that stuff is no longer negative. That stuff is a song. And therefore, the guys who go through the worst time, the guys that they put in base lechem, the guys that they say he's a loser and he doesn't belong in yeshiva and you're never going to see anything from him, that's the guy who takes his stuff and he's able to help other kids. The perfect guy, there's no idea what to talk about with a kid that went through Gehenna. So David HaMelech, and I said to this Rosh Hashiva, I am not David HaMelech, and I just talked about gambling. Let's see what David HaMelech does. In the Perek of Songs. When Nasan Anavi came and criticized him, and he says, Please have pity on me. Forgive my sin. He called it a sin. Herev kapsuni me'avoyni, wash me from my sin, u'mechatasi, and from my sin, tahareni, make me pure. You ready? You need to read this every single night before you go to sleep. You know what he's about to say? Kiposhai ani ega. I know what I did wrong. I'm not making up stories, I'm the king. I can send anyone I want. Get all the excuses in the world. Don't I'm the king. And actually, you should know something. It's a And I talk about this, that Jewish girls are not cheap. And I don't mean you know, using their credit cards. <laughs> Do you know that Bathsheba was David HaMelech Zivug? And that when he came, after he hit Goliath, he didn't kill Goliath. He hit him in the head. He knocked him out. And he came to Goliath to chop off his head. And in those days, the big warriors had what's called a weapon carrier. They carried the shield, they carried that. So this weapon carrier had the key to the huge sword in the scabbard of the giant Goliath. And Dovid HaMelech said to him, give me the key. And he said, what are you going to give me for the key? And he said, if you give me this key, and you become a ger, and you become Jewish, you can pick any single girl in Kleistrow to marry. And the Medrash says, Medrash Shmuel, the Medrash says, you, you gave away a Bas Yisrael? That if he becomes a ger, he can get any girl who he wants? Who are you to give away a Bas Yisrael? So you know what I'm going to do, Hashem said? I'm giving your zivig away. But Sheva was Dovod HaMelech zivig, says the Medrash. And he lost her because he was giving away Jewish girls. 
And that's why he had such a feeling for her, because it really was his Yibud. And the guy became a Ger, and he was the one that the Mel sent to get killed. So the first thing he says is, no rationalization. That's the name of my share on the gambling. Don't rationalize. If you did something wrong, face it. This Nun Aleph, you can learn so much from. And here is a person who's the Melech. He doesn't have to talk about this in Tehillim. He wrote a whole Tehillim. Why are you talking about your stuff? I know my sin. Listen to what he's saying. And if you think it's going away, if you think I just got past it, I'm always thinking about my failure. This is godless. I sent this to Rashi. I sent it to him. I said, you, you got a problem with me? You need to write a letter to tell him. No. <laughs> You're going to deal with him after 120 years. He laid it all out there. I didn't get up and say, I sinned. It's always in front of me. I didn't even go there. Because it's not always in front of me, and it should be. Because that's real tshuva. But then he turns around and he says something, and everything, and all of you need to know this. I want you to know this is not my share today. I'm serious. I was in the taxi and said, Hashem, the words should come out of my mouth, what they need to hear. Now what he's to say, you can look at my notes. I'm talking about waves. I'm talking about Tu Bishvat. I'm talking about a company called FXCM. This is not where I was going, but it's where I have to go. Listen to what he says. This is important for all of you. A lot of guys get depressed when they do something wrong. Right? He says to Hashem, L'cha levatcha chatasi. I did not sin to anyone. But you. And I did something bad in your eyes. He asks Hashem to, to give him a schus, whatever it is. But he says, this is not about my friends. This is not about how I fit in. This is not about any of that. This is about me and you, God. And I know what I did. And I'm thinking about it all the time. And I'm asking you to clean me up. And then he goes into Chatenu He says, clean me like, 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 what's it called? Like shell egg, like, like snow. And then he says something unbelievable. He did this very Everyone's depressed. Everyone's anxious in our door. He's opening his heart. He's putting everything on the table. And he says, Tashmi'eni, Sosayn v'simcha. I'm a sinner. I did something wrong. Kushbarchu, give me happiness. Togelna, at some ways, the kisa. You don't have to be depressed if you do something wrong. You said, it's between me and you, Hashem, and I'm always thinking about it, Hashem. Give me back my happiness. Give me simcha. Give me sasa. Since it's between me and you, don't get crazy. person doesn't have to get crazy. He's asking Hashem, please hide your face from my sin. Now that I'm talking to you about this sin, Forgive me for all my sins. It's not your fault. I'm not pointing my finger at you. I'm not going off the derech. You gave me a pure heart. And you gave me the right ruach. You did your job, Hashem. It's me. Don't throw me away. Don't take you away from me. And then he says it again. Give me back sasayim. Give me back happiness. Us sinners should learn your ways and that you're a forgiving God. And the people who sin should come back to you. Hashem Sufasai Tiftach Ufiya Giti Lasach. Before we daven every Shmon Asrei, we remind Hashem of Kapitel Nunalaf. Hashem Sufasai Tiftach Ufiya Giti Lasach was said by David Amelech when he talks to Hashem about the greatest sin that he ever did. And that's how we start Shmon Asrei. Kushbarchu, I know my stuff. I'm thinking about my stuff. I'm doing, when I, before I go to sleep, I do a din v'cheshben, but at the end of the day, I'm not broken. I'm not broken. I'm not 
I'm not anxious. I'm not depressed. I know that you gave me the perfect heart. I know you gave me the perfect ruach. And I love you, Kodesh Baruch Hu. And I'm asking you for a favor. I'm asking you to forgive me. But more than that, I don't want to hang my head low. I don't want to walk around in a depression and be anxious that I have so many Averis. I know you are, Kodesh Baruch Hu. Give me Sasa and Basimcha back. My father was always very happy. Nobody made a simcha like him. Every child, every child that I had, he made a kiddush in Israel by the Kaisel because he had, he felt Israeli people have to be v'sameach. He made a kiddush in Brooklyn where I lived, and he made a kiddush in Muncie. With three kiddushim for everything that we did. Okay, I got married. He didn't make three weddings. Okay, but whatever. Always in Eretz Yisrael. Always in Eretz Yisrael. So don't worry about it, guys. Whenever you feel like I'm not doing well in yeshiva, I'm struggling. You want to say capital than Aleph. Take take one that has English in it and read it carefully. The greatest person, David HaMelech, the Malchus, which is Mashiach, David Melech Yisrael, Chai Chai V'Kayim. And I, this is my own thing. This is my own thing. I can't tell you that it's true or not. What does that mean? What do you mean David Melech Yisrael, Chai V'Kayim? You have Ir David over there. He's buried over there. He's not, he's not Chai V'Kayim. He's not alive anymore. Mashiach's not here. So, so we, where is he? Where is he? Dabra Melech in Kapitel Nunalov. Dabra Melech in Kapitel Nunalov. He's still alive. Because all of us, all of us have a Kapitel Nunalov. So he's always Chayvakayim because everyone goes through stuff. And everyone goes through struggles. You don't have to be ashamed of it. If he wasn't ashamed of it, you don't have to be ashamed of it. And remember, it's between you and God. It's not unless you do the Navera Ben Al Machaber, but it's between you and God. And if it's between you and God, you know you have someone that you can talk to. So, there is one little piece in which you see how much time I have. I don't. Okay. So, I'm just going to tell you this very, very fast. There's, a, there's a, a, a Rashi that is so hard to understand in Pasha B'Shalach. It's probably, in my opinion, I, I don't know every Rashi in the Torah, but this is the hardest Rashi to really understand. You have to spend years on this Rashi to understand what he's saying. And the Rashi is that when they were stuck by the Yamsuf, right? So it says that Yisrael cried, cried by Yitzhakov B'nai Yisrael HaShem. HaShem didn't say anything. Then, Moshe Rabbeinu cried. Why are you crying? Why are you davening? Okay, so Rashi Rashi says, We learned that Moshe Rabbeinu was standing and davening. Now is not the time to daven. Why isn't it the time to daven, guys? She Yisrael, nice and Because Christ was in trouble. Rashi, that's what you do when you're in trouble. What does a Jew do when you're in trouble? So Rashi's saying, Because Christ was in trouble, Hashem yelled at him and told him, Don't daven. What's Rashi saying over here? But it gets much harder than that. Rashi continues, and he says, Dova Acher, Ma Titzak Eli Hashem said, Why are you screaming to me? Eli Hadova Tolui? You think it's up to me? Velo Alecha? And it's not up to you? It's not up to me. It's up to you. One second. Uh, God, you can't split the Yamsos? Hashem says, you screaming at Moshe Rabbeinu, what? What, you, you think it's up to me? I'm only God, I can't do this. You can do it. It's a very hard Rashi to understand, and it's very, very deep. I'm just going to give you the short answer. And the short answer is, why was Hashem, first of all, why are you, why are you yelling at him? So just say, um, now's not the time to daven. Uh, you can do this, you don't need me to do it. But Rashi says that, of course, both yelled at him. Because his name was Moshe. Hashem didn't say, it's not up to me, it's up to Klai Yisrael. Hashem said, it's not up to me, it's up to you. So it seems to be a taina on Moshe, not on Klai Yisrael. Because when Klai Yisrael davened and yelled, Hashem didn't say anything. So Rashi, very careful, it's a Lashen Yachid. He says, Rashi says, what's well, up to me, it's up to you. Hashem should have said, it's up to me, it's up to Klai Yisrael. Because both had a taina on Moshe. Because Moshe's name, Moshe specifically, his name was really Tufia when he was born, because he was Taiv. 
but she called him Moshe. He was born with a bris, he was born with a light, and he was a born that he didn't cry. So she called him Tuvia. But of course, Bochel didn't take that name. Bochel took the name Kimiramai Mishisuhu Moshe. Why? Why not Tuvia? Because in a person's name, you can go through every person's name in this room, and a person's name is his essence and his source. That's your essence. And we see Ruvay for a reason, Yehuda, Haida, right? Everything, Haida, everything has a reason. Moshe Rabbeinu had a certain kayach, and his kayach was from Batya. If, you, if you're standing by the ocean or a lake and there's a kid drowning, and you're standing there, and you're not calling Hatzalah, you're not calling the cops, you just put your hand out, people are going to be like, what are you doing? Uh, my hand's going to stretch. Uh, I'm going to get that kid. They're going to put you in an ambulance and say, you're psych ward. Right, there's something very wrong with this person. What is he, Moses? He's standing out there with his hand out. Like, what are you doing, right? What, what was Batya thinking? She didn't know it would be a miracle. You put your hand out for Get in, a, get in the Nile, start swimming. I don't know what you got to do, but don't put your hand out. But you understood that I can't get out there. I don't have a boat. Probably didn't swim. Only thing I could do is show God that I want to save this child. And God will do the rest. That was his name. Hashem said to be a leader of Klai Yisrael, there's no human boundaries. If you want to be a leader and everybody tells you you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you can't do it, you're going to fail, you have to realize you're a batya. Just because you didn't fail, just because you couldn't make it, just because you couldn't save that kid doesn't mean I can't save that kid. I'm going to put my hand out. I'm going to take an action. Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you, you are standing here in davening when you know that you need to do a so you need to put your hand out, you need to take a step, you need to do something. You, with the name Moshe, Okay, Kaiswell doesn't understand that, but you are born that you can do the impossible. Because you come from the impossible. She put her hand out and stretched out like Gumby. That's not normal. Akash could have made a miracle that a wind came and blew the boat to her. Why do you need a wave? Why do you need a miracle? She doesn't a miracle for her. Because that is Moshe's name. And therefore, if that's your source, when you're standing here, put your hand out, make a motion, go into the water. Don't stand here now is not the time. And that's why the Taina was to my Shrabeno. That's just one of the pieces of the answer of, of, of what's going on over here. And also the Tfila can't always help. When there's Din, Tfila doesn't help. But Misa, everything in the world is Midah, Kinegi, Midah. So when Nakshan jumped in, and naturally he couldn't breathe, right? And he was ready to give up his life, Berabim, right? He was Moise Nefesh Berabim for Hashem. He had a right to turn it to Hashem. I went against Teva to be to, to be Hashem Shemayim. So now I have a right. Everything God does is He's into Forget about it. It's like on the way to Shemayim after a person dies, there are signs. Make a left. It's all Everything. So when a person breaks his Teva, so even if your Davani can't help, because the story of Chaim, a guy couldn't have children, and the doctor said, no way, you can't have children, whatever it is, and he told this guy to get a bracha from a person who was embarrassed in public and didn't answer, and they found a woman at a wedding that was very embarrassed, whatever, and, he, and they had a child, but how can he have a child? The doctor said, he has no ability. This man has no ability. He doesn't produce what's needed for a child. So how can you have a child? And the answer is, this woman who broke her teva and didn't answer her mother-in-law back at a wedding in front of everybody, so she has the koyach to say to Hashem, I broke my teva. Even though this guy cannot have a child, he needs to have a child. And a year later, he had a child. And Rav Chaim was a sandig, and it's a very famous story. And I just told you two seconds, but that's the koyach. <laughs> but that's but no, but that's the koyach of a person. That's the koyach of a person. So what Nachshin did, it's feeling they could not say. They are hey my boy desire, hey my boy desire. You could down to you blue in the face. It wasn't happening. Hashem is ms, and he was on his chair of din, and there was nothing he could do. It was a big din, and the sour of Mitzrayim said, "No way, you, you can't do this." But I heard both said, "There's a guy in the water, and he's meisenafesh." And he's going against his teva because a human being under the water is going to die. And therefore, he's asking me to go against the teva and split the yam. And therefore, that's what happened. But there's a problem. Because the yam split. When the yam splits with the nace, it can't go back. When Hashem makes a miracle, it can't go back. So the actual water coming back was a much bigger miracle than the water splitting. As we know the story in the Gemara, they gave a leg of the chair and his wife said, give it back. And that was much harder to give it back because once Hashem gives it doesn't change so how did the water change and drown them how did it come back that it ran back and covered the mitzvah 
Because he also broke Teva with Potiphar's wife and with his brothers. He didn't take revenge, but he said it's a message from Akkadish Baruch. So the two things, the water splitting and the water coming back, were all by a person who broke his Teva. So every person in this room, you could save a person who has stage 4 cancer. You could say you could have someone who doesn't have children. If you get embarrassed in public, you can't walk around and say, embarrass me. That doesn't work. Right? But if a person says something to you you don't like, and you just don't answer. It's very hard. In theory, you can, you can do it. But it's very, 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 very hard. But that's the, that was the koyach of what happened there. So the koyach of Moshe Rabbeinu was, they, listen, even if it's impossible to give up your iPhone, to give this up, because everyone's going to make fun of you, and how you're going to do it, and how you be one of the guys, and it's so hard, individuality is what makes you special. Not being like everybody else, or just the opposite. People used to tell my father that all the time. Like, why are you different than everyone else? He says, that's what makes greatness. To be able to be different. That's what makes a person special. You know what, went through a very hard time. But he was different. And he wrote and he wrote to Hillam and all the people that are different, that don't go with the fish. And I don't know a Rosh Hashiva that is different and that's what makes him special because he doesn't care what anybody thinks and therefore he can think what he thinks and he created a yeshiva my son-in-law was here my nephew was here Chaim, Chaim um, Elephant right and the, the godless and the godless of this yeshiva, and that's why I'm speaking on a day that's very short for me, because I think that my father's neshama is here, and this is the kind of yeshiva he would have sent me to. There's no question about it. Not, not for the reasons you think, but for the reason, the reason to have a relationship with a yeshiva that doesn't go by peer pressure. He's his own man. He's his own derech. He's very special. I beg him by the Agoda Convention where all of us talk the same story. And I'm like, Rosh Hashiva, get up and tell them the way it is. And he's like... understand. Rosh Hashiva, you'll understand as you get older. He, de- he deserves, and I have to leave so you can't do it again, but he, he, deserve, he, de- he deserves a standing ovation 24-7. But I just want to tell you something. Rosh Hashiva doesn't get up and he doesn't speak because he has his own convention every single day in this Bismarck. And that's who he speaks to, you guys. And you're a very lucky bunch of boys. And I want to wish everyone Arichas Yamim, Rishonim, and that you should have the Kayach that my father had, and that is to be different. Because when you're different and you stand up for what's right, you're actually the same as everyone that's different. <laughs> You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.